Shulchan Arachadav, we are in Simon Shin Yud. We begin Allah Ches, section 310. We begin to learn the Eta Allah. The following laws apply, applies. When dried figs and raisins were set aside because they were not fit to be eaten. And when Ben Ashmashus arrived, they had already dried completely and became fit to be eaten. So even though even though the owner did not um, at all know that the fruit had undergone this change at the time that they dried out, and only later on that Shabbos did he realize that the figs or raisins had already been dried, they are permitted to be eaten on that Shabbos. And uh, just like they're allowed to be eaten, they can also be moved. Rationale is that initially when the person set them aside and diverted his attention from them, he set them aside and diverted his attention from them only until they dried. And indeed, they had become dry and ready to be eaten while it was still day on Friday. So, even though the owner was unaware of their change until later, since the Poyal Mamish in actual fact, the dried figs and raisins were ready to be eaten at the commencement of the Shabbos, their status is determined accordingly. The fact that initially the owner did not think of partaking of the dried fruit on that Shabbos is of no consequence. This concludes Allah Ches, Allah When dried and, um, excuse me, when figs and raisins had dried to the extent that they are somewhat but not entirely ready to be eaten, i.e. there are some people who would eat them and others who would not, so in this case, it's permitted to partake of them on Shabbos if their owner designated them to be eaten while it was still day on Friday. The reason being that since the owner revealed this thought, namely that the fruits are fit for him, so they are removed from the category of muktzah. If the owner did not designate the fruits to be eaten, they remain forbidden. The reason is that since he did not reveal this change, his change of mind, the fruits remain in the category of muktzah into which they were initially placed, and they were not fit to be eaten by anyone. Now, the above applies when the figs and raisins have reached the state that would some that some would consider fit to eat. If however a person designates the figs and raisins to be eaten, even though they are not at all fit to be eaten to eat because they have not dried sufficiently and are still considered disgusting by old people, his designation is of no consequence. It is as if the person designated a stone to be eaten, which obviously is ineffective. Okay. This concludes halacha tests. Halacha yud. Whenever an object is forbidden to be moved, it is also forbidden to place a container under the object so that it will fall into the container. And this is a Gemara Shabbos. Uh, it says there in Daf Membez 42b, it says uh, the Chacham and the sages offer two examples to illustrate this concept. A, the first example is placing a container under a lamp to collect its oil drippings, and B, the second example they give, is placing a container under a chicken so that when it lays an egg, it will fall into the container. So you're not allowed to do this. You cannot place an, a container under this forbidden object, something that is not allowed to be moved, so that uh, it will fall into the container. And this restriction applies even if one intends to, to shake the object out of the container later. The rationale is that by doing so, it causes the container to be forbidden to be moved, as long as the object that is mooks in it. Thus, he'll be negating the possibility of using the container, and it is forbidden to negate the possibility of using a utensil, even temporarily, unless 
is unless a significant loss is involved, as explained in Simon Rish Samachay and Rish Samach Vav, section 265, as well as 266. Uh, as explained in section 265, the sages forbade negating the possibility of using an article because they considered this tantamount to destroying the article. It is, however, you are allowed, it is permitted, to cover the forbidden object with a container, for by doing so, one does not cause the container to be, become forbidden, to be moved. This license is granted, provided the container does not touch the object that is muktzah. True, it's permitted to merely touch an object that is muktzah, even with one's hand, as long as he does not move it, as explained in section 308. Nevertheless, in this instance, since he is placing the container over the object that is muktzah, for the sake of the object that is muksa, it's forbidden to even touch the object that is muksa with the container. There are authorities who differ with the above and maintain that our sages warn against the container touching the object that is muksa only with regard to an object similar to an egg or the like, i.e. an object that would certainly move when, when touched by the container. Thus the person would be moving the object that is muksa via the container and our sages permitted moving an object that is muksa via another article only when one does so for the sake of the permitted article as will be explained in section 311, there the Altarebbe talks about moving a barrel with a stone on top of it or moving vegetables that are stored in the earth. In those instances, one's intent is to move the permitted article. In the present instance, however, one will be moving the article that is muktzah itself. This concludes Allah Yud and today's share.